Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. And I was just thinking about that this morning is that tension between um, taking every day, but then also not getting um, sort of gripped or somehow paralyzed by some unknown future, right? And we've talked yeah. about this throughout the uh, the more recent sermon series at the church, the the not bringing tomorrow's troubles into today, right? So like somehow, by the grace of God, like I've had... And we've had as a family a lot of ability to have peace. David Stay has been a regular presence on life support over these past three and a half years as he's chronicled his cancer battle and where his hope comes from. Today, another update from David as we welcome you once again to life support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now Hey, I'm so glad you've joined us on Life Support. What we do in this podcast is we talk about some of the hard things in life and how Jesus shows up even in the midst of trauma and suffering and does amazing things in people's lives. And we have a man like that with us in studio. He was here last time as well. His name is David Stay. And David, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me back. So great to have you. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned during our last program that you're um, in the midst or hopefully coming toward the end of a battle with stage four colon cancer. Mm-hmm. It's been a six-year grind for you. Uh, you talked a lot about, you know, how God has, has ministered to you. What is this next step that you're facing now uh, in this journey? Talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah, so we are hopefully in the last stages of getting to a living donor liver transplant uh, with the goal. Um, so my, my cancer, uh, what we've been dealing with is what some people would call oligometastatic disease. It started in the colon metastasized to the liver, but by the grace of God has remained in the liver as far as we know, right? That's the only evidence of, of where the disease has been outside of the colon. And and so there's been this developing <clears throat> practice area within metastatic colon cancer within the last handful of years, really just since we got on the journey, uh, thinking about, well, what if uh, for a guy like David, where the disease has been persistent and by other means targeted and systemic, we haven't been able to get rid of it, is this a viable, you know, solution? Uh, is this is this a a curative approach, right? Yet another curative approach and another tool in the box. And so uh, we're just under thirty days from uh, what will be, I guess, the, the the beginning of a new chapter where I might have a completely new liver and hopefully a another um, another chance at at a cure. Now, you don't just have a transplant and uh, walk out of there and start playing softball again, right? <laughs> right. So I would assume this is going to be quite a uh, journey in itself as you recover from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so getting to it, I mean, we're almost a year of getting to it, right, which uh, there's a lot that goes into that. And then, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> interestingly, uh, there are people that when you ask them about recovery from something like this, they'll start by talking about your first year. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> which you know sounds a bit daunting. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the front part of that is probably not less than maybe four to six weeks of um, intensive care, transplant floor at the hospital, probably a couple of weeks of, you know, God willing, where you're sort of stepping down, mm-hmm. right, to something that is a bit more normal. Um, and then having some, you know, some discharge locally. Uh, and still being followed very closely. But yeah, probably not less than four to six weeks of the first part of that first year where you're just really being monitored very closely and, and hopefully, uh, you know, making some, you know, some fine tuning on the dials as that might be necessary. Now, I, I would just right. say really quickly, my surgeries, and I've had five of them now, have, have generally gone really well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that is our hope. That is our expectation that, not to take it lightly, but, you know, we hope and expect that things will go well. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you can't go into it with any other attitude than that. Right. You can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah. But that's one, of, that's one of the things, though, that has been, uh, if you want to call it a saving grace, is the fact that you do have a positive attitude, the fact that you had been taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if there ever was an ad for fitness or, you know, eating properly and, and you walk all the time with Lori and so mm-hmm. forth, that when this happened, you were in a place where you could fight it. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was. I mean, otherwise, I was healthy at that point of diagnosis. I remember, I think I shared this last time, the nurse commenting at my colonoscopy that was a part of getting to my diagnosis. She said, you know, David... Like, you don't have anything on your chart. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Right? And so, yeah, there's no question that, you know, being on that younger side, I was 44 at the time of diagnosis, and and otherwise being healthy, being, um, you know, ambulatory or mobile, right, able to walk, and that, that's that been hugely helpful. Yeah. Yep. Um, how is David Stay different now than David Stay was six years ago? Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I think one of the first things that comes to my mind is, um, um, and we've talked about this before, is the the old teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom, right? So just having a sense that, you know, the the idea that I had in my mind in my early to mid 40s that, you know, hey, my grandmother was 93 and my dad, who my dad uh, later this month will be 79, right? Like that was just a part of my mentality. I always really believed that I was just going to follow in that, yeah. you know, in that sure. pattern. And of course, all that was, you know, that it was sort of jeopardized or disrupted about six years ago. So that's the first thing that comes to mind is just that sense of of, of the, the, the fragility of life, mm-hmm. um, the preciousness of life every day. But then also, Mixed with that, and I was just thinking about that this morning, is that tension between um, taking every day, but then also not getting um, sort of gripped or somehow paralyzed by some unknown future, right? And we've talked yeah. about this throughout mm-hmm. the uh, the more recent sermon series at the church, the, the not bringing tomorrow's troubles into today, right? So like mm-hmm. somehow, by the grace of God, like I've had... And we've had as a family a lot of ability to have peace in the midst of all of the uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? And just um, not only realizing that 
in one sense today is the only day, but also just really enjoying it for what yeah. it is. You know, right. just having these mm-hmm. uh, continued, really vivid daily experiences. Like I, I think of a, of a recent uh, evening when Matthew and I were uh, drafting one of our fantasy football teams together and sitting at the kitchen table and it was late on a Monday night and we were making pizza rolls together and just just enjoying it for what it is. Right, yeah. Right? So it's right. not throwing caution to the wind on one hand, but on the other hand, still somehow being able to just take one day at a time. Yeah, and you've been given the <clears throat> gift of understanding that that moment means something. Mm-hmm. When many of us would just be thinking, oh, this is, you know, everybody does this, got to go to bed soon. <laughs> and here you are thinking, yeah, this is pretty special. Yeah, yeah. I, I was reminded of the things that even in this last year, that God has given us to enjoy. You know, Matthew got his driver's license a few weeks ago. And so now we're going through those moments where, you know, like we're watching him drive down the driveway and off to work for the first time on his own. Or, you know, and you know this, we were a part of this together. I mean, Matthew, um, you know, made that next step of public profession of his faith, being yeah. baptized in yeah. Lake Minnewashta a handful of weeks ago. And so, yeah, I'm I'm just super thankful for these moments that God has given us and how meaningful the last 12 months have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, David, you um, are a strong believer. You um, believe in what the Bible tells you. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you've had an opportunity to mull over this whole idea of heaven, eternal life, mm-hmm. you know, the the assurance that we have. Mm-hmm. Number one, does that look different to you now that you actually had to stare, you know, your mortality in the eye here? Mm-hmm. And was your faith ever shaken in that? Mm-hmm. You know, does it look different to me? I think one of the the verses, one of the passages that comes to my mind, and that I have really found a lot of comfort in, and even I would say, and um, not that this is the subject of today, but, you know, you, you know, my brother passed away in December. Yeah. Um, years ago at my grandmother's funeral, um, they read John 14, my father's house has many rooms, right? Like I'm coming back for you, right? So you can be with me where I am. And that has given me a tremendous amount of peace. Like I, I I wouldn't say I've gotten overly hung up on, what does it all look like? How does it all work? Yeah, you haven't read like Randy Alcorn books from cover to cover and cover to cover and cover to cover. No, I haven't. Yeah. And so I'm comfortable. We like Randy Alcorn. Yes, I, I we wasn't do. a slight against Randy Alcorn. No, I know. And, and some people would say that's one of the most authoritative things that's ever yeah. been written on the subject, right? Yeah. And I know that you know here at the church we're going to be going down the Revelation path here yeah. coming up. And I'm super excited about that. And I'm not um, uh, trying to discourage or dissuade anybody from getting to know what the Bible says about these things. But for me, it's been a little bit more on the simple side on one hand of just really believing, you know, that what the Bible says is true. But then also, um, uh, I I do think, and I just had this conversation with my mom yesterday, right? As she's getting more advanced in years, she's 77. She's been, you know, especially in light of my brother's passing, thinking and wanting to talk more and more about these things. And, and, uh, um, I, I am interested, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm interested, but sure. um, but I'm also uh, I'm, I'm just confident mm-hmm. in in you know probably what is just more scratching the surface on what is to come. Yeah, that's I understand that completely. Uh, 
I had uh, a cousin who fought cancer for um, colon cancer for probably I don't know many years, mm. and I, I'd confront him and I would say, "Hey, you know, um, how are you really doing?" You know, trying to mm. trying to pry open some you know thing that wasn't even really there, and he would just look at me and say, "You know, I'm fine. Like I know where I'm going, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm good." Mm-hmm. I had an uncle who was getting advanced in years, and I would ask him. You know, do you miss the people that have gone before you? Because he had pretty much lost everybody. He was 95. Mm. I know where they are. And that wasn't some, Mm. you know, some uh, cheap comment to get me off his back. That's how he lived his life. Mm -hmm. And what a hope for the believer Mm -hmm. that, you know, we may not understand um, what's next completely, um, but man, there's there's a deep confidence in a believer that that God is good for His word, and that you know we can live life with with courage and and you know and 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 I think the other thing too, David, and I think you would agree with me on this is we can live life and not expect there not to be suffering. Yes, and we can we can see how Jesus said, I know you you know talking to his disciples many many of these times is like you guys are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be an easy road for you. Mm-hmm. But don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Take heart. Take heart. Yep. And you know and then you know the holy spirit will tell you what to say and you know when you stand before rulers you you're, you're going to be fine. And all of those guys mm. um were martyred except um possibly John. John. Um, and yet they were so good for their calling. They built a church mm-hmm. in the face of that. So, yeah. man, yeah, I, I wish everybody had that peace. Yeah, me too. You know, you remember there was a member of this community, our church community, that passed away um, earlier this year. I can't remember if it was spring or if it was summer. Uh, and one of the things I remember the the pastor saying— um, um, at at her uh, at her celebration of life was something to the effect of like I've got more reason to want to go to heaven today mm-hmm. than I did yesterday. Right? I don't know if those were his original words. If he, right? But right. but but I mean I, I I've thought about that. Right? So that's part of how my thinking has changed. Right? Because for a while I would think about like I mean I just I I had a great relationship with my grandma and I love my grandma. I spent some time living with my grandma. Right? And so you know yeah. I'm looking forward to that day. Yeah. And, and, and with my brother, right, who passed away in December, I mean, I was very, very close to my brother. And his passing was, um, even though he was going through some, you know, some health journey of his own, it was incredibly unexpected and sudden, right? And, and I am confident that he's with the Lord, and, uh, and I believe I'll see him again. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, yeah. I guess as we get older and as we've had yep. more people in our lives that have that have gone to be with the Lord, it gives us more to look forward to. Yeah, it's almost like you you look at that day and there's kind of this, and, and who knows what our relationships are going to be exactly like. And right. one of the hard things about losing family members and so forth is likely that relationship, you know, between father and son or, you know, whatever it would be is probably not going to be exactly like that. And that's a loss. Right. That's a legitimate loss. But I almost have this, you know, I can think of all the people you know, my, my, my first wife, I can think of my son, I can think of all these, you know, my dad, my uncles, all these people. It's like a crowd standing there. Hmm. And, like, I, I want to join the crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm ready to join the crowd. And, and that's not morbid. I don't, I don't 
you know, walk around thinking about I want to die, but but it's okay. And the older I get, the more I realize it's not going to be that long. Yeah. Life is short. Yeah. Eternity is a long time. Right. Yeah. And it's also mixed. And I just want to share that that, that desire to see those things come to pass someday is also for me mixed with a very strong desire to continue right here in the ministry within my family, right? And and as a as a financial advisor and as a person that, as you said in our last session, that's very active in ministry here at the church, right? Like I, I have a very strong desire mm-hmm. to continue mm-hmm. until it's very obvious to me, mm-hmm. right, that, that that time has passed. Yeah. Right. And it, it just seems like, you know, to us that God still has more. Yeah. And so we right. want to just faithfully walk into it. You know, it's interesting. We spend so much time in our lives here in America, especially avoiding talk about death, um, fearing death, not wanting to even say those words when somebody's died. They've passed away. They've they've passed on, they, mm-hmm. you know. And when you think about it, you know, the the, the Christian view— of death is that I've seen it a hundred times. When it comes time, God gives people the grace to die, mm-hmm. and and you walk into these rooms with with believers there, and they're like at peace, and you kind of go like, "How'd you get there?" Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm not at peace about that right now. You know, it scares me a little bit. I I wear my seatbelt. I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. But when it comes time, God just gives people the grace to die and to to look forward to being with him. And, you know, that's a comfort for me because when it comes time for me, I want to die well just like I want to live well. Yes. And and I want to show my family um, how to die well, Mm -hmm. my kids. I I feel like I've been given a gift. Um, Like I could have died very suddenly. You know what I mean? To yeah. this point in my life, I'm yep. 50 years old this year. Yep. Yep. There are a lot of things that could have happened. I could have died very suddenly without the opportunity to contemplate it. Yep. And God has given me six years of of opportunity to con- – I mean, I'm going to be without any excuse, right? I mean, yeah. you know, like really. Like, and I, yep. I, I do. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a gift. Mm-hmm. I'm glad for it. It's caused you to slow down and think – You've had to. Mm-hmm. You've had to slow down and ponder. Mm-hmm. And the, the rest of us are running like crazy, not pondering, <laughs> and then not dealing with it. Americans are incredibly adverse to even um, touching death at any level. When you look at other cultures, they, um, they're they not afraid to, and they understand it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know what that says about America. I'm no geopolitical expert. But all right, <laughs> back to your story. Yeah. Um, so now you're facing this liver transplant, and it's coming up soon, in about a month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you thinking going into that? What What are your hopes? What are your fears? And how can this audience be praying for you? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. And and I know that you will and they will. <clears throat> the things I've been thinking about. One is like we always ask, and you probably anybody that's part of our church community sees this in our our weekly prayer and praise. You know, we just continue to ask for sustaining grace. You know, because it's hard, mm-hmm. and and I'm not naive at all that it's going to be hard, right? Like that first day, week, month, right? It's going to be hard. It's going to yeah. be different. We don't yeah. quite know how it's going to be different, but it's it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask, you know, that as uh, you were kind of alluding, that we would just continue to endure well, right? That we continue to endure well. Um, I would ask for prayer 
for our surgical teams. Uh, there's a fellow named Dr. Fujiki who's going to be doing my surgery. There's a fellow named Dr. Kwan who's going to be doing the surgery on our donor. Mm-hmm. And so pray for those men. Um, pray for our families. Pray for strength. I've got an opportunity here, you know, hopefully in the next <clears throat> just under 30 days to try to regain some strength. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just trying to get back to the the basics of sleeping and eating and walking and stretching, yep. and, you know, just doing right. the best that I can to mm-hmm. go into that. You know, I mean, kind you're of, supposed to do that. You're supposed <laughs> I, to stretch I'm and walk. Probably convicting a few people. Yeah, under. I need to uh, <laughs> probably get out of bed and go past the television or something as far as <laughs> walks go. I don't know. Yeah, but then you know, also a big one that came to my mind is pray for protection um, from infection. Yeah. Okay. That's that's one of the big things with a transplant uh, recipient as well as the donor, right? I mean, that you know that can really kind of make things ugly, right? And so we're you know, we just pray for protection from infection. And then, you know, the hopes that I have, Paul, are um, <clears throat> last fall I returned to some of my graduate study at Dallas Seminary. Mm-hmm. And that has been just amazing, right? Now, that for you is life-giving. It's, it's been so life-giving. Yeah. I'm, in a, mm-hmm. I'm in a systematic theology class mm-hmm. right now, right? And so we're talking yeah. about faith-seeking understanding. What does theology mean? What is Christian theology? Um, so, you know, Doing some study, um, I, I would love to. Obviously, I'm hoping to see more of these moments. Right? Not only had, had you know Matthew had some real big moments like we talked about, but Madeline has just started high school. Yeah. Right. And uh, we were at a wedding a couple of weeks ago, and I watched the father daughter dance, and you know you, you can't help but sort of see yourself and really oh, yeah. imagine yourself oh, yeah. and hope yeah. that that's going to be me someday. Yeah. You know, giving Madeline away and, and dancing with her and. Um, I, I just want to, I want to uh, share a, a quote, uh, uh, or uh, roughly a quote. Um, there's a fellow, you'll know the name. I think his name was J. Oswald Sanders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think he was a pastor, a theologian. And at the age of 70, I heard the story that he began writing a book a year. And he did that until like the age of 90, as I understand it. And so for me, I'm really hoping that God has some very long life planned for me and fruitful ministry on the other side of this, right? And I, you know, 20 years, 30 yeah, years, right? Sure. I, I know it's probably going to be different, but I also know from everything that we've seen to this point that we probably can't quite imagine mm-hmm. what that may be. Yeah. Different, different doesn't mean bad. Right. It just means different. Right. And God puts <clears throat> us through different trials in our life, and we come out the other side different. And, you know, we all want to be normal. Mm-hmm. We all want our lives to be the same. But that's not—God doesn't want that. I think God wants us to always be learning, changing. You know, he puts us in different situations to deal with next seasons of our lives. Mm-hmm. So he could have something completely unexpected for you that you would not have been ready for if you wouldn't have gone through this six-year journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not God. I can't say. I don't have a. I don't have that calendar. But I do know that God has plans for you, for sure. And what you're going through now is going to give you empathy, and mm-hmm. it will give you, uh, you know, you'll be able to tell people the stuff you've told us. Mm-hmm. This is what God's done. Mm-hmm. Th- y- y- take hope. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll give you courage to whatever he has for you, you're, you've seen him work so much that you're not going to be afraid of anything. Yeah. 
I mean, you, you'll be able to just, you, you, whatever God calls you to do, I can just see it. You're going to tear through it. And you're going to go like, wait. It's kind of like, you know, the, the stuff that I've experienced in my life. It's like, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. So bring it on. Like, you know, you just kind of learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, try to try to shake me now, you know. And, yeah. and just usually sports throws me off my game. But that's <laughs> a whole different discussion. But yeah. there are there are these, these trials that still come. And hopefully what's yeah. happening, too, is that, we're able to move through them to that place of trusting yes. more quickly. Yeah. And right. I don't mean to be flipping about it no. because there are still many days when and I fall far short of that goal. But, you know, you're doing a great job. And um, I deeply appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, you're and welcome. I know, it's my I know um, the, you'll be prayed for and look forward to sharing a good report. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks, David. Okay, Paul. Thank you. Hey, if you've been listening and um, you've been wondering about suffering and. You know, why do Christians suffer? What do Christians do when they suffer? I would just recommend 1 Peter 4.19 to you. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. And so there is a faithful creator right now watching over you. Uh, He has your soul in his hand. And you can entrust yourself to him. You don't. You may not have all the answers. God doesn't expect you to be thrilled with suffering. If you were thrilled with suffering, you'd be weird. But what the Bible is saying is that you can be at peace during suffering because God is faithful and God is good. So I just want to encourage you with that today. Hey, I'm so glad you listened. Uh, we are on Faith Radio, of course, and you can find out more about our podcast on faithradio.com. You can see a video portion of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. And I'm so glad you're here. Thanks so much for listening to Life Support. to this Life Support Podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.